Welcome to the ninth Net That Hall Compass show of the 21-22 season. Um, Hibbo can't be here today, but I am joined by my co-host and fellow Fantasy Football Hub writer at FPL Lens. Gabriel, how are you, buddy? Happy to, happy to be uh, sailing the seas of FPL with you uh, this early game week meme. I'm doing well, buddy. Nice. So... Uh, in this very special episode, Nima, we are joined um, by Luke Dirty, host of the FPL Triple Captain podcast. Uh, welcome, Luke. How are things? Well, I sold Ivan Tony for Raul Jimenez, so things aren't great uh, at the moment. <laughs> no, no, I'm all, I'm all good. I'm over it. I'm over it. Honestly, I'm over it. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm all good. Thanks, thanks, Gabe. Really, really pleased to be here and um, appreciate you having me on. Well, Luke, I don't know if we're going to get through this show without sharing sob stories. I, I can tell you about all of the 50-50s that went the opposite way from my wild card, and we'll each give each other a shoulder here to cry out. Good, good, good to know. Yeah, you guys can support each other. I'm having a great start to the year. I haven't come down from the clouds yet. But um, before we do get into it with you, Luke, I'm just going to do a bit of housekeeping out of the way. So there's lots of new viewers tonight. So let's hit that uh, like button, hit subscribe if you're new to the channel. Um, if you could do a quick uh, run through of the mini league, please, Gabe. Yes. So, uh, sorry, I lost it here. So we uh, we have our mini league, right? The code is FG1XMB. Uh, we got three prizes. First prize is a mystery football shirt box from at Shirt Loop Box. The second prize is a copy of FPL Obsessed by Matt Whelan. And uh, third prize is a premium annual member. Uh, membership to at Fantasy Football Fix uh, tool that uh, that we use obviously all the time, kind of every week. Uh, for those watching on the VOD, if you have any questions you want answered for uh, for Game Week Six, just leave us a comment, and we'll definitely reply. We'll get that on the screen. Uh, so just leave us those questions in there. Nice one. Um, so just to say hi as well, we'd like to do this to the live viewers who join us on the day. Um, just a quick shout out to everyone who's here. Say hi to them before we then go into the interview with you, Luke. Find out a bit about you as a manager of FPL, how you got started, and topical conversation for Game Week 6 that I think everyone's interested to know your thoughts. So just say hi to Aiden. Thanks for joining us. Hi to Andy Martin, another friend of the show. Thanks for coming as always. To Hindeb, welcome. Uh, FPL underscore Sav, welcome. Blue Danube guy, nice to see you. Um, at FPL Mike Halpin, nice to see you as well. Um, we've got Akshat Dioli, nice to see you. Um, we also have Saurav Mukherjee, FPL Dallas. Dread, my boy, Julian. I'm looking forward to this FPL meetup that hopefully Luke's not um, kind of had his child by then and he can't join us. But uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that too, I'm sure. At Baggin Boy, nice to see you. At Hordorofi, thank you for coming back. Hi, Matthew Saloom. Hi, Pranesh P. And I think as the show goes on, we'll obviously pull up some of the comments from the viewers and we'll get going. But let's go straight into it with you, Luke. So I'd love to kind of hear about um, just your kind of FPL manager style when you got started. Um, so looking at your recent history, you've obviously come 96K, 31K and 9K in the last three years. Um, so tell us a little bit about kind of how did you get started in 2012? And at what point did you make that transition from a casual player like we all were and into an obsessed manager as you are now? Yeah, um, to be honest, I mean, I'm shocked that my rank from 2012-13 was like 124k. I'm like, how did I manage that? Um, <laughs> yeah, I was very much like very casual. I mean, I think clearly I, I, I mean, I can't really remember, but clearly I gave up halfway through 15-16 and 
16 17 that's what that's what i'm telling myself anyway um and uh yeah basically i think it was towards the back end of 17 18 i started listening to the fpl surgery um just kind of thought one day i was like i'd quite like to be good at fpl um and thought oh maybe i'll just search for some podcasts um so started listening to that and i was a guest on that i think at the very end of 17 18 season so started taking it seriously 1819 um and and did really well um and and then suddenly kind of realized that there was this huge community of people that are as kind of interested in stats and obsessive about football as I am um which was which was brilliant to see uh, and just and just kind of went from there really I think this is our this is our third season of hosting triple captain so I think 1920 start of 1920 was when we first first started and then and then did it yesterday uh, yesterday did it last season as well uh, it's been a long day did it last season as well and then and then this season is our is our third year so um yeah that, i i think before before kind of 17 18 i can't really remember like even playing it it must have been i think i used to be like I'd look at the scout, fantasy Premier League scout, and be like, "Oh, who are they picking? Okay, I'll put that person in," <laughs> which which obviously never went well. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my brief FPL history, really. Just for anyone on podcast format as well, I guess who can't see the kind of the slides. I thought I'd mentioned that. So yeah, you had an incredible first year, considering it was a casual year. You had almost top hundred k. Those seasons you gave up. Um, I'm sure Gabe will relate to them too. I know we've all had them here, all three of us. There's a few kind of seven-digit ranks, but <laughs> your your first serious season, um, you know, 9K, that's incredible. I only have the one top 10K myself. So I think it's a very elusive thing. And I will ask you a bit about how it was that season later. But I guess um, the next thing I wanted to say is just for anyone who doesn't know as well, check out uh, FPL Triple Captain Luke's show. I've listened quite a few times over this season and it's quite a nice show. I really enjoy it. And, I think I was new to it when I found out you were a fellow kind of, well, you're half Persian, I'm full Persian. But when I found out there was another Iranian FPL content creator, um, I was just in shock, to be honest, that I had to start listening at that point. But um, yeah, it's nice to have you here. Salam, Luke Chetori. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's great. I mean, to be honest, I, I wish I knew more. I wish I knew more Farsi. Um, I, I, I know very, very little. Um, but it's definitely a side of, a side of me that it well, it's half of me of course and uh, that I'd, I'd like to explore a lot more um and yeah it was great to see um uh, yeah a fellow a fellow persian um i didn't realize you were full full persian actually but um yeah it's great um yeah, yeah i was actually it's... born in tehran um and then i came oh, to the wow. uk when i was five yeah so it was, fantastic like, i've been here my whole life mainly but i still yeah, have like yeah. the farsi like i guess it's like my mother tongue or first language to me in some ways is it yeah mm. Yeah, I'd love that. I'd love that. It's just my my dad never never taught it to us, unfortunately. And it, I think it would I think it would be great to have have that as an extra language. But alas, it's not not to be. And I've still never been over there. I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to be. I'd love to go over there at, at some point. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens in the future. Great, uh, Luke. I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, kind of the lessons that you've learned since you started playing, taking FPL seriously. I mean, I'm assuming you start. You said you started taking it seriously in that 2017-2018 season, and I wonder if you have any like kind of hard and fast rules or dogma that you that you really that you abide by, 
or or if any of those rules kind of dictate that the style of play make you more aggressive or conservative as a manager yeah i think um it was probably patience is is much more of a um rule that i follow rather than rather than being too aggressive i think whenever i've whenever i've tried to be aggressive it's always backfired so i've kind of got that recency bias in my head really of of and i've probably only tried it a few times so when i have been when i have kind of gone against the grain it's really backfired quite horribly so i've i've kind of been much more um much more patient and cautious with my choices and i feel like i've done better when i've avoided hits and i kind of only take them when i really feel like it's it's necessary or my team really needs it or if there's somebody like ronaldo who's coming into the in, into the prem um which right. which you know thankfully worked out um but yeah i think yeah so i've got a more patient style and i think from that 18 19 rank was probably before i started properly looking at twitter um and that's not to say that twitter isn't helpful because sometimes it is um but i feel like there's there's so much stuff on there that you can quite easily um overthink and get and get so information overload um which tends to i which i don't particularly like i know some people like having as as much information as possible which i like as well but i think i prefer to get that information myself and maybe listen to one or two podcasts alongside that and that was when I got my best rank. I don't remember being on Twitter too much, whereas the other two seasons, I was on Twitter a lot more. Um, and I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Like looking at that score, my best score was last season, but it was 96, 97K. Um, but my best rank was, you know, like nearly 100 points less. It proves just how competitive and, and um, more difficult it's got, I think, uh, over the last over the last few years, which which is bound to happen with with more players um but yeah i think that there's no hard and fast rules for me i don't know about about you two but i kind of try and just go with i try not to live by any kind of definite rules when i'm playing mm. and just go with kind of what um i feel I, I i tend to always go with stats over gut feeling i'd say that was probably my only my only thing and that's what's really you... interesting. So I was just going to say, Gabe, I'm going to yeah. move off the slide so we can kind of go to the cozy fireside chat field. And for any late arrivals, we'll put the screen back up for them to see your ranks. But let's make it more of a fireside chat from now. I was nice. wondering, like, just as a follow up to, to this specific point, how, how you deal with those? Because sometimes it's not either punt or no punt, right? Sometimes it's about, well, do I jump early on an asset that's actually producing and a lot of people will be jumping on them? Will I take a hit to get them early? And then that'll sort of, you know, longer term plans. There's so much nuance in these decisions, right? What's, I guess, what's the, given that your style is a conservative style or a, let's call it a patient style, like you said, what would be, what are some of the factors that would cause you to kind of uh, steer away from that style and be uh, take some risks and and or be less patient. I think if I feel like I'm chasing, if I feel like my if if my rank's quite low, um, high I should say, I, I low or high? What would you say? Bad. <laughs> low, I guess. <laughs> if it's bad, if my rank's bad, <laughs> bad. Um, and, and, I, and I'm chasing, then um, I would say. I, I'm then I would then be inclined to be more aggressive and do things a little bit differently. 
Um, but again, last, se- last season, I just had this mad, like, <laughs> had this mad week when it was that, when I played my free hit and I just decided to have fun um, and just picked like so many differentials and it just completely backfired. I think it was on that, on that blank game week. Um, I picked like Rashford instead of Bruno and like stuff, like just ridiculous stuff that just didn't work um, and just wasted my free hit and dropped by like, can't remember how many places now. So then I was like working my way back up to that hundred K. So it's stuff like that where you think I've tried, I've tried this different, to be a bit different and it just hasn't worked at all. Mm. Um, so I prefer to kind of, yeah, wait and see on players, but I, I know what you mean. Cause quite often you think, well, I'm definitely going to put this player in, but by the time I am, everyone's going to have him in it anyway. So you're constantly yeah. trying to think, Oh, should I, should I try and do things a bit differently? Um, but I think it's a good rule of thumb to remember that this, even if you have, even if your team is very template and you've got a lot of, a lot of the same players as, as others. It's very, very rare that anybody's going to have the exact same starting eleven. And mm-hmm. if you have a good game week and you and all your players score, you're going to get a green arrow. It's not. It's not that you you have to do things differently in order to progress up the ranks. I, I think the trouble that I have, and and we have a, a comment from from Robert Ducky who's joining us. It, patience is the key, and and it, and it really is. I mean. Just a, I, I've struggled with patience my whole life. My mother, my mother has told me so since I was a little child. But, but my problem is, so when to be patient and when not to be patient. And I think those are kind of these pivotal decisions that could see you, you know, having a season like the one Nima is having versus, versus not, right? But that, that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, is that, is that what you found, um, Nima? What have you, what's your kind of strategy been so far? I know you're like, you're close to top 1k aren't you he is and he's muted oh he's muted (laughs) (laughs) so the dog was barking at the sainsbury's delivery man who knocked on the door she's very territorial um (laughs) i was like they don't want to hear that on the podcast just dog yapping away um but um yeah so so that aside i'd say i am generally very patient so I've always called myself like consistently mediocre because like for five, six years, I always come around the top 100K bar that one top 10K season. So I've always found myself quite patient, quite template. Um, I'd rather have two free transfers. I'd rather roll than take a hit. Um, this season is similar. So last week, um, I didn't make the move. So I had the same situation as you. I had Tony. I had exact money to go to Jimenez. I wanted to do it. But my, my, my mentality was kind of like, well, I can feel the 11. I've got playing bench. Like, is it going to be more valuable having two transfers and more flexibility to move money between my positions, say, this week in game week six? Then how many points am I realistically going to get, like, from Jimenez? And it was, I just kind of made that calculated decision that, you know, I'd seen enough stats from Tony and he'd done enough at 6.5 million that I thought, oh, it's fine, like, I was like, I had a gut feeling, and I, I do that a lot. Now, it worked out this time. It looks like a masterstroke, but a lot of the time, it means I hold on to failing assets, and they keep dropping and dropping in price, and it doesn't perform for me, so I can be quite stubborn and hold on too long, I would say. That's my downfall, generally. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing, isn't it? And I think recent, recency bias is such a, is such a big factor in, in decision-making, in, in, in everything. You know, we in 
something like, you know, to, to give an example of something completely different to FPL, quite often when we're talking about like having a baby and certain like things or decisions that we have to make, we always go, well, we know this person that had a baby and it didn't happen to them. Or we know this person that had a baby and it did happen to them. And then we go, OK, then it will be all right. And actually, you know, we, we discount the millions of other people that have had babies. We talk about the one person that we know that's had one recently. And I think it's similar in in FPL. We go, well, I, it would it, because I, I've done it twice now. I got rid of Gundogan before he scored against Arsenal and then I got rid of Tony before he hauled against um, Wolves so I'm more likely now to hold a a player that I perhaps wouldn't have held before and then it might backfire and then it might go to to the other way so I think it's always worth just sticking with um, a consistent plan in terms of fixtures form eye test stats if they're if they're failing all of those, get them out. If they're passing all of those, get them in. And and I feel like this week, what happened with me is I decided very early on that I wanted to get rid of that I wanted to get rid of Ivan Tony, and that was that. And I had the money in the bank to go to Jimenez, and I didn't really consider not getting rid of him. And I and I think to be honest, everyone getting Bamford in also made me go, well, I've got to make I've got to get a striker in. I've got to make a change here. And I didn't have Calvert Lewin, and I wanted to keep Antonio. So. You know, on on paper, it kind of made sense, but it would, there's there's always a risk going from one player to another in the same fixture, and it just it it just flipped. And sometimes it sometimes it works, and 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 sometimes it doesn't. But um, it's interesting you saying the same fixture, by the way, because that was like I was like you when the game weekend did, and I loaded my boss team. I looked at it, I was like, Tony is going straight out. Fuck this guy um, and I, think yeah. I do that every week like this week the game loaded and i was like fuck jota he's leaving and then normally i wait a few days and i calm down and i'm like you know what i could kind of field an 11 they have decent fixtures that's not yeah. that bad a fixture and i try to then hedge my bets so i also look at um, odds and in my eyes everyone was piling in on these wolves defenders and i thought you know what I don't, like, how incredible would it be if I kept Tony, he was a differential EO-wise, doesn't always pay off, and he wipes out those clean sheets of all those Wolves players. And, like, so sometimes I like to play it that way. Like, I'll see what, so I I write about transfer trends on Hub, and I look at who people are buying, who they're selling, and I try to kind of watch what the masses are doing. And if possible, I try to kind of hedge my bets against them if for some reason I have a gut feel, the data makes me think that, I have like a chance of beating the masses. And um, a lot of the time it implodes in my face though. So don't get me wrong. It, it might have looked good this week, but it's not always like this. And I want to ask you, how many hits do you take like most seasons? So when you did come top 10K, do you like, obviously you might not remember, but do you know like how many hits you took then? I know you're a patient manager in general. Yeah, I, ca- I can't remember how many, but very few. Very few. Yeah, I, I, I rarely do it. I mean, I took... I took a few more last season than I than I would normally. I mean, it was it was such a funny season mm-hmm. last season, wasn't it, with COVID and everything like that? And um, there were just so many more factors to, to to the usual to the usual season. And we, we, well, I mean, we were kind of seeing a little bit of that before um, the international decision recently got reversed. But I, I tend to, uh, yeah, I tend to avoid if I can because I'm quite. Um, I'm a maths guy, you know, not advanced maths, but I very quickly go, well, a minus four, if my player that I'm taking out for a minus four even gets two points, that's like the other player's got to get six. And, you know, then it starts to become this kind of, so I kind of look at combos instead of 
instead of that, like with the Ronaldo, bringing in Ronaldo for a minus four recently, it was like, well, if I don't bring him in, I'll probably bring in Calvert-Lewin. So then it's Bruno and Calvert-Lewin versus Jota and Ronaldo. Who's going to score more minus four over the next few weeks? I'm like, well, I think Jota and Ronaldo will do it. So then I'm like, right, okay, that's that makes that makes the decision for me. So I'll have to really, really think about it if if I'm taking hits. What about what about you guys? Look at Gabriel, I, I, he takes them for fun. I smash them. I take, I take, <laughs> I eat I love that though. I love that. Yeah, it's um, the thing is, that if, if I have a player that I find is not providing for some reason value, if someone's not giving me value, it really irritates me, like to the core. And, and I need to scratch that itch. And the only way to do it is by taking a shot at minus four straight into the veins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, probably, probably, I mean, that's my, my ranks would ref, would reflect that strategy. Though, I'm afraid. Um, so last season, I took um, I think minus thirty two in hits, so it was like eight hits. Um, and I generally actually take them very early on in the season. So I took right. I think six of those in the first quarter. So when there's more managers playing, there's less dead teams, and um, the transfer market is more active, and the prices are more volatile. That's normally when I'll take my hits to grow my team value, and then I try to be less. Uh, hit heavy later on unless it's a double game week when i tell myself like it's only a minus two and all that kind of good stuff yeah yeah that makes sense i always convince myself um interestingly one thing we've noticed actually is some of the guests we've had they've got incredible histories compared to any of us and like we've got hall of fame number two tom stevenson and um, i think he recently overtook fabio borges in the live scout hall of fame and he was number wow. one and yes yeah, so it's insane we've got like abdul fpl salah who has like four top 1k five top 5ks um we had nick trigger lips who came like in five years his worst rank was 1700 and the other four were top uh 1k and one of them was 35th and i so we've had some insane guests come on no, no pressure luke firstly um and <laughs> and then secondly Every single one of them told us that, like, they generally in the years they did their best, they just don't take hits. Like, Tom Stevenson, mm-hmm. I think he plans like four or five a year max. Um, we spoke to Bakar, um, he came fourth one year. Obviously, he's better known for his writing, but he did come fourth one year. And he said that year he even remembers burning a transfer. Now, I've never done that. What wow. about you guys? No, I've never, I've never burned a transfer. No, no, I'll always, I'll always make one. I, th- I think, yeah. I mean, it'd be a great position Same. to be in, wouldn't it? But yeah, I, no, I, I, I think I always make one. I, 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 I think so. I couldn't fathom myself in that position, like looking at any team. <laughs> like it could be any team. You give me any team, I'd be like, well, I, I, you could do this, and maybe that's that's a problem I have. It's like I, you know, overthinking and overmanaging. Um, there's something. There's something to be said for nothing. I guess for doing nothing sometimes. No, I think so. Um, I guess. We wanted to find out a little bit as well about that season you came 9K. I don't know if, Gabe, you wanted to dig into that a bit more. And I'll just put it back on the screen for a moment for anyone who's kind of come in now because we've got a few more live viewers. Um, yeah, so I was wondering, actually, it's a little bit of a psychological question. Uh, does, does, the, does the rank weigh on you uh, that the higher, you know, when you're getting into those, into those heights? Um, do, do you feel pressure? Um, I don't think I feel pressure as such, but but you're but you're right in terms of yeah. Once you get once you get to that top ten k, you just you you think you should be hitting it every season, and it, and it, and it's that classic thing of of mm. of comparing yourself to people all the time. And there's always going to be people that are better than you, you know, unless you're number one Hall of Fame 
uh, on the uh, on the scout it's like there's 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 always going to be there's always going to be people that are doing better there's always going to be people that are going to spend more time there's always people that are going to um pick a player that that hauls and you and you don't and i think that's that's where you quite, you can quite easily jump into a bit of a trap of you know disappointment if you're on twitter all the time because there's there's always going to be people um that have had great game weeks when you haven't. And even if you've had a great game week, there's always going to be someone that's got more points, which immediately just depresses you a little bit. So I think that's the, I think that's the, the key is kind of just trying to, trying to avoid comparing yourself as, as, as much as possible. Um, and just, you know, just remembering this, this game is supposed to, it's supposed to be fun. <laughs> as always cheating say, right? Make fantasy fun. Um, well, again. exactly. <laughs> and you, you, you have got to, you have got to remember that like as much as you possibly can. You know, we're not, we're not spending thousands and thousands of pounds of, of our money in this. It's a, it's a free to play game. Um, but there is just, there's a lot of, um, there's just a lot of like respect and, and kudos to be gained, isn't there, from having a good like rank history? Um, and and yeah, I think getting that getting that rank is like, well, I should I should aim for top ten k every year, and actually that's mm-hmm. that is very is very difficult to do. I think now, mm-hmm. I think it's changed a lot because it used to be that top ten k was top one percent of a million players. Now right. we have 8 million players. There's more access to info. Even yeah. the official account is tweeting out tips. Um, yeah, Their admin seems better this year. Um, they, they even give push notifications of double game weeks, blank game weeks on the app. Like, It's so much easier for the masses to get info. I think it's harder than ever to do well. And I've personally always aimed for top 100k for that reason. Because for me, top 100k, if you can get that every year, it shows consistency. I do believe there is a lot of fortune and luck needed to be getting top 10k these days every year that is not so easy and i think that's what made tom stevenson even more incredible right so the guy who was number one um, hall of fame in the live table his last three ranks average was like 1k something and i was like so in the three years with the most players ever you've still been getting these ranks and sub 1k ranks like the rest of us are saying oh it's harder now and he's still smashing it out the park yeah, phenomenal <laughs> it's crazy yeah. i don't know it like, shows how there you... is a process yeah well that's it isn't it and it's like what like you just you must just have such a knack for picking players that you think are gonna are gonna do well, and I, I envy I envy that because you, you you think you've cracked it, and then you know so, someone, and then then everyone starts blanking. So it's just it's like golf. <laughs> you crack your head on the weekend, and then yeah, yeah exactly, exactly, yeah. So on the flip side of the coin, Luke. Um, We've talked about obviously when you're already leading the pack and the psychology around if that makes you feel pressure. What is it like if you're chasing ranks? So let's say if you've got like a really bad start, you're maybe like in the two millions after like 10 weeks. How do you deal with that? And kind of what advice do you give to FPL managers who are looking to climb in that same situation? Maybe some people are going through that now. Yeah, well, I mean, for, yeah, first of all, it's, it's, it's not a nice position to be in. I think particularly if, if you put in a lot of work and, and things just aren't, things just aren't going for you, um, then it's, it's a, it's a tough position to be in. But I think, I think you just got to stick to your process. I mean, you know, if, it, if it's your first season in FPL and you're, and you're 2 million after 10 game weeks, then fine. It's your, it's your first season and you've got to, you've got to kind of work through that. But if you've had that good history and your process has worked up to that point, I don't think you should maybe sway too much from that and just trust that you've got the kind of 
skills and, and technique needed to climb up the ranks. I mean, I think if I was at two million after 10 game weeks, well, first of all, I would hope that I would have wildcarded by that point. Um, if I hadn't, I would make sure I, I wildcarded because I think there's nothing like giving yourself a fresh start and, and, and coming at it with a, with a fresh team. Um, and I'd maybe start to do things slightly differently just in terms of maybe just picking one or two players that uh, maybe maybe three players that are kind of under five percent owned or under ten percent owned that if they if they haul it will really boost your rank you know like having sar in this week for people probably did you know i think he's like seven seven percent owned still um crazily and so i, I think you'd, you'd have to maybe start thinking about that but as i said before as long as as long as your players are returning you are going to get green arrows um, so it, it, it may even be worth just at first going going quite template because you're probably not you've probably not gone that template if you're at two million rank um, and, and just just getting steady steady greens to to start off with. But it, patience is is would still be a a big factor there, I, I, I think, and and not kind of panicking. So I think the minute you start panicking, trying to do things too differently, it, it doesn't work out. Mm, but. Yeah, that's that, that's really interesting. As a, I think I'll have to take some notes later and remember to follow those. Um, but when you get swept in the wave of a game week, sometimes it's like all of this planning just goes up the window. Like hundred percent rage. It's it's that's why I said this one makes it such an interesting game, right? We learn so much about ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you look at players like like um, FPL General and and Late Riser in the last in the last couple of seasons. They've had really, really like tough ranks, you know, and mm-hmm. and they're they're top, top, top players, you know. They do, yeah. FPL, you know, he does it does it for a living, and so it proves it. It can just happen sometimes where just nothing, nothing goes right for you. So you just gotta, you just gotta keep smiling and 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 keep trying to put those those players in. Keep shining, keep smiling. Yeah, yeah. Keep shining. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. Any more cliches? Keep That's smiling. It. Keep having fun. <laughs> um, this is. Tell us a little bit about your process. And like you mentioned, uh, you did mention as far as like stats and tables and stuff like that. But do you use like, a, for example, a planner to navigate your game weeks? Or and and also, I was wondering, do you get to do you get have the luxury of watching a lot of games? Yeah, I've 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 tried a few different approaches actually. I mean, last last season, I I picked my team purely based on um, points per ninety minutes metric. Mm. Um, and and st- and did very well at first, um, and then I kind of, and then it wasn't working as much. And what it meant was I was I was holding on to players a lot longer than perhaps I would have done normally. Because what I'd do is I'd kind of look since I had them, I'd be like, are they hitting their points target um, each game week? And and if they if they were still kind of hitting the target, but they'd blanked like three in a row or something, I'd still hold them because they were because they were hitting the target. It's quite. I mean, I won't I won't go into it too much because it was like quite a long process of of picking and like updating this tape i had this table each week that i'd update so say like bruno bruno's target was eight points per game week because that's what he'd got previously so if he mm-hmm. got two then he'd be he'd be on minus six but if he got mm-hmm. 10 the next week then he'd be on like plus two or whatever so i'd look at this table at the end and be like okay so bruno's on plus five He's, he's blanked a few times, but he's still on plus five. So I'll keep him for now. And, it, and, and I'd work it that way. And it was working to a degree, but it, it wasn't it wasn't much fun. It was very, very methodical. And just, just purely, looking at, 
yeah purely looking at numbers so i didn't i didn't enjoy that approach as much as as much as um but it was, it was always just trying to be different and going oh maybe i've cracked maybe i've cracked fpl here um but yeah no i i'm very much um stats i, I look at a lot of stats um and i look at uh, teams um defensive stats so teams to target depending on um how they're doing defensively um and i yeah I watch as many games as i can i mean at the moment yeah I, I'm, I'm quite quite lucky that i get to watch most of the live games um and uh, obviously yeah you know highlights match of the day every week and i i, I write notes on eye test and then see if my eye test is backed um backed up with stats um so that that's kind of how i approach it i don't use a planner i have done in 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 the past um but i tend to just kind of either type it out or write it down old-fashioned way kind of this is my plan game week five this is my plan game week six mm-hmm. um but yeah ben ben krellin's planner is amazing but it was just too much for my laptop to take so i just i just couldn't work it was too slow <laughs> should we <laughs> so tell just... the viewers at this stage you're on an ipad i'm on an ipad yeah slow. yeah i need to get i need to get a proper laptop i just i just use it for writing normally but um yeah technology wise it's it, it tends to be a bit slow so yeah i kind of i kind of work with with the old-fashioned way of either typing or or, or, or writing up notes and, and stats and i like to, i like to choose players based on my own research rather than kind of listening to others and then just just following following them i like to do my own because i, I think it's more um it's more exciting and enjoyable when you've picked a you've picked a player based on your own research is i, I think I, I i agree with you then and it's that whole process of diving so deep into that player and, and what that player does like, i i get a lot of satisfaction out of that me too so and when I have a, a bad game week, I always try to reshift my focus back to that satisfaction that I had when I was studying everything and, and how much I learned along the way. And I was like, it might not have panned out. I mean, the FPL thing is almost an, an aside at that point, but it's that yeah. exploration that's really fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my, the one that I always, always remember was that, nine, that 9K season. I was thinking, oh, I don't remember anything from that season, but that 9K season, I, um, I was... I did a real deep dive into the stats. There was a there was a game week where Man City had a double, and one of them was I think they were playing Arsenal, and then somebody else can't remember who. Um, and I did a real deep dive into the stats, and I thought, well, they they could score against Arsenal. And then I was looking at the stats of the players, and I I think there was a choice to take a minus four for a, for Aguero, or to make a different decision and captain someone else. I took the minus four for Aguero triple captained him and he'd scored a hat trick and that was that yeah. was the, that was a time where i was like yes i knew that was coming i knew it was a possibility and when that happened it's when when you get stuff like that right it's it's such a joy like own, yeah. owning antonio for those four goals against norwich a couple of seasons ago as well was just like wow that was the best just so that, that was the so best. good it was yeah. so good what, did you have him as well I, I didn't captain, captain him, no. Yeah. Oh, Did man. you? Oh, well, there you go. I mean, hey, that was, even better. That was my 1K season. That was, I finished 1,100. So thanks to Antonio. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And it's, it's stuff like that. I have that's, a lot of love for him. That's why we play. That's why we, that's why we play. Because it's stuff like that where you're like, you just see a player. And other people have seen it as well. Of course, it's not just you. But you just see a player and you think, I've got a feeling they're going to they're gonna smash it. And then suddenly they do. It's, it's brilliant. 
I'm I'm the guy that captained Antonio a couple of weeks ago for the negative points. So. <laughs> oh no, mate! <laughs> that's me. What for the sending off? I mean, that's just that's just bad luck. Yep. And then you wild card. So unlucky. And then I and then I, I rage wild carded. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> it was. I love it. it. It was a, it was a, it was a pure therapy right there. I've got I've got to keep I've got to keep up to date with your with your team. I'm not sure if I follow you or not, but I'm going to follow you now because your style of play sounds brilliant. Here we are, just game. There we go. You know what? I, I think it's brilliant. It's brilliant for the spectators. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. I, mean, I love I was it. Gonna say, if there's one thing to follow Gabe for beyond his FPL is um, whenever we do the show and he does the matchup show with uh, the captain of the ship, Mariner, on uh, the end of the week and his pronunciation of these South American <laughs> players' names. And we get people in the live chat tipping money on Super Chat. Like, can you please say Miguel Almiron again? Can you say Regulon? Like, like, give, give, go, go, roll, roll a few tongues for us. In the give Luke some of your... But I, I, I think the, the, the most, one of the most popular ones is um, Sergio Regulon. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Um, Love Miguel that. Miguel Almiron is, is is a very popular one as well. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that is that is good. That's good on the ears. <laughs> and me, on the other hand, I managed to butcher the pronunciation of a free letter name. Eze, I was calling him like Easy E. I was on a stream like Easy This and someone in the I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> Easy E, <Good> yeah. <laughs> The good news is a couple of seasons back when we were talking about our Iranian friend Ali Reza Jahan Bashk, no one else knew how to say it. None of the commentators in the country did. Um, that is a, that's a very good pronunciation. That was good times. Um, so just before we go on to kind of, I guess, your current game week, your plans for game week six, um, one final question I wanted to ask you about your process in this kind of final part of the interview segment was, do you use any kind of optimization tools or like software or is it entirely eye tests? Like, I know you've said you already use stats over eye tests, but... I'm keen to know, I guess, what stats. So for me, like uh, shots in the box, big chances. I see, yeah. And then those are the things I look at. I use all of Fix Up and Scout for different things. What, what are your thoughts there? So like, what what do you use? Which tools do you use? What's your go-to stat? Yeah, I'm the I'm same as you, really. Uh, I look at, yeah, attacking attacking stats. Um, the Opta stats on uh, on Hub this year have been, been great. Um it's just ease of uh, the the use, the the way you can use it is is really easy, um, and yeah, I, I look at yeah very similar shots, shots on target, shots in the box, big chances, xG, um, and then obviously yeah chances created as well. And normally, kind of for defenders, I, I look more at chances created rather than rather than shots. Um, but yeah, th- those are kind of my those are kind of my favourite my favorite ones and then i like looking at team stats as well in terms of teams to target and the fixture tickers um are, are useful as well um although you know sometimes it's sometimes it's really tempting to put players in who have got great fixtures but just haven't got the form um which which i've kind of done with with jimenez and and wolves but i, I suppose they they kind of did have the form didn't they but it's um the, the temptation i think is always to put put players in that have got the fixtures and haven't haven't necessarily passed passed the eye test. So eye test is really important as well, but the stats have got to back it up for me, I think. That's really interesting. Like um I think in that same season where I captained um Antonio for the four goals and it was my best season as I said, um, I actually brought in Aguero like before anyone and I captained him and he got twenty points. And the following week everyone else brought him in and he got twenty points again. 
and I captained him for both. And then everyone was still bringing him in. And then I sold him for a Bomyang and captained him for a brace when Aguero blanked. And it was just nice. like, I just felt like I was successively like, I was very fortunate. I was kind of looking at the stats. The stats said this guy's going to explode, but they haven't yet. The eye test looked good. They looked like they were confident. But they were just missing a bit of like finishing edge. And I happened to get in early. Other years, um, I did dumb shit, like use my bias, like sell Salah in his blank for Ober and well, Oba got malaria. I don't know. Like, is that unlucky or stupidity? I don't know. I'll let you decide. Um, yeah, my bias is fucking me many times, honestly. Um, on that note, let's look at your current season. So, I think you started quite well, Luke. Um, you're saying it's 633k. I say it's well because I think in the Twitter bubble, a lot of people have had a good start. And it's almost like I saw someone two weeks ago saying, oh, if you've had a bad season and you're worse than top 500k, like, don't worry. And I was like, what do you mean bad season? I know incredible managers who've been like 1.4 million, 2 million by game week three, four, five, and they've managed to come top 10K by the end. Like this season, especially the points are so narrow. The difference between say top 500K and top 10K is maybe 35 points. Um, you're not that far off. So it is a great start to the season. So A, I wanted to address that. 663K is great, regardless of what Twitter might tell us. Your game week ranks obviously 2.9 million. So it sounds like you had a bit of a harder week. You got 60 points. Um, so yeah, talk us through about, I guess, your game week and how do you feel the opening weeks have gone for you? Yeah, it's, it's gone okay. I mean, I just literally just looked then. So three, four, nine divided by five. I've got 69.8 points per game week so far, which is normally enough to like win the whole game. So it's it's not a, um, yeah, it's really not too much of a problem. I mean, it's, it's disappointing when you have weeks like this one, it just, it, I think it's basically been like one or two decisions that I've got wrong so far um, that have meant that I'm not a lot higher than I would be. And like you say, there's a very short, small gap between where I'm at at the moment and like top, you know, 20, top, top 10K. So I'm not too concerned. And I think if you'd have offered me this rank at the start of the season, I would have, I would have, Probably said yes. Probably said yes. <laughs> I don't probably, probably been in your armor for it, mate. I was like one point. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this point last year. That, that's it. I think if I think if you're I think if you're top five hundred k by Christmas, you've got a really good chance of, of of pushing on. So I'm I'm more than happy with where I'm at. Um, and I think you're right. I think it's the the Twitter bubble at the moment. There's quite a lot of people doing very well. So you kind of comp- again, you're comparing yourself to them and thinking. I'm not. I'm a bit disappointed. I'm not doing. I'm not doing that well. But I'm. I'm okay at kind of at the end of a game week, picking out the sticking with the positives. Um, and it's it's just a couple of decisions. Like I say, if I'd have kept Tony this week, I'd have got seventy points. Nice green arrow. Um, if I'd have got Livramento off the bench, an extra five points probably would have ended up with with a small green arrow um as it was it was a it was a small red and and you know stuff like getting rid of Gundogan um before his his points against Arsenal um and not having uh Ben Rama at the start of the season not owning Greenwood at the start of the season um just a few little decisions like that have, have backfired but the rest of the team are, are, are doing okay and I'm quite happy with how it's how it's up for the for the next few. Um, so a little bit disappointed this week, but like I say, yeah, I've kind of it's basically a grey. I've gone down by about ten thousand places, so I'm I'm all right with that at this stage. I just wanted to say, Luke, um, we've got Andy Martin, our FPL tactician, um, 
He's an evil, evil man. He said anything above 350 points at this stage is good. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, um, for, for any podcast, it's zero and obviously 349. Um, okay, do you want to do the honours of reading out, um, I guess, Luke's team for this game week, just for any podcasters who can't see the picture? Yeah, so here, here's the 60-point uh, the team for this game week for Luke. Sanchez in goal, Veltman, Shaw, and Sofal across the back line. Uh, midfield five of Brownhill, Hafinha, Salah, Jota, and Ben Rahma. And Jimenez and Ronaldo up top. He's got uh, Steele, Antonio, Trent, and Libramento on the bench. Can't fault so, the pronunciations, right? Uh, I, threw, I threw a little in there for, for just for you, Nima. Um, so you, you were saying that how you do feel like your, your team is well set up for the upcoming game week. So, so tell us a little bit about your your plans. So what are your plans looking towards game week six, six Luke? Uh, I think I'm probably going to roll the transfer this week. Um, I'm, I'm well set up and a lot of them have got a lot of them have got pretty good fixtures, and because Chelsea play City, I think I'm, I think I'm better off having two transfers going into game week seven. I mean, there's a potential. There's always a potential to wild card, of course. Um, I certainly don't need to do it this week. Game week seven, game week eight was when I, what I was targeting initially, but I don't really like to plan a wild card too far a- ahead, um, just because I think if you can save it and your team is doing okay then I don't really feel the need to. So I'll, I'll hold off if I can. Um, and I just go with that rule of, that the classic rule of if I'd make more than four changes to my team, then, mm-hmm. then, I, then I'd wildcard. But at the moment, um, I wouldn't. I mean, I've been, I've been really disappointed, like a lot of people with, with Jota. Um, I think he's been so, so unlucky um, and just, you know, not, not finishing uh, his chances, which is which is really disappointing in the last two game weeks. So I'm hoping maybe uh, he get, he gets some some points against Brentford. But hearing Firmino might be back um, is yeah. is slightly worrying. But I think even if he is, I think I'll still still probably hold him. So I've got those two frees for 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 game week seven. So but that's interesting. That note, Luke, go sorry, ahead, go ahead, I was going to say just because you were talking about the wild card, that's a really yeah. interesting topic. I think everyone wants to know about this. So. Everyone had talked about game week seven because of the Chelsea swing. But I think Ronaldo plays um, Everton that game at home, so it's not looking as obvious as it was before. Um, Southampton just kept a clean sheet against City, obviously, and only allowed one shot on target. Do, do you think that... Are you still going to stick to that plan? Like, Do you think a game week seven wildcard works? Or like, is it better actually saving it maybe for after the international break going into game week eight? Or if you can get the Chelsea assets without a wildcard, do we even hold on longer? Like, is there a case for maybe game week 14, 15 when other fixtures things happen? I don't know if you've, I know you don't like to plan that far ahead for wildcard, but what are your thoughts there on wildcard? Yeah, I think again, it just, it depends what your team's looking like. So I think if you, if you look, if you look at your team and you definitely make over, over four or five changes, then, then wildcard, if you wouldn't, then hold off. I mean, you can always do a little mini wildcard, you know, the three, if you've got two frees, Maybe make three transfers for a, for a minus four if 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 it's looking worth it, and then you can you know it, that can solve a lot of problems. I just think having it in your back pocket is always such a good um, asset to have. But it, again, it depends how you're doing, doesn't it? And I, I just look at my team and I think, well, how many how many changes would I make? Uh, and at this stage, 
I don't know if I'd make any um, right now, but particularly as Chelsea play City next. Um, And then after that, like you say, Ronaldo plays Everton, Lukaku plays Southampton. Suddenly those two fixtures aren't looking as... um, uh, as uh, different as they were before, like I think Lukaku was the standout option before, and now perhaps he's perhaps he's not as much of a standout. I just feel like with Chelsea, Lukaku's obviously going to score goals, but I feel like the, their goals are, can come from other areas, um, and they can for a degree to a degree with United. But Ronaldo is going to be the main man, and you can see already. You know, he's a obviously we've only got data for two matches, but six point five shots a game, that's what he's been getting for, that's what he's been doing for the last 10 years of his career or however long, maybe maybe not 10 years, somebody's going to jump on the comments and go, actually, nine years ago, he, did, he had four shots a game, but you, do, you know what, do you know what I mean? He's been, he's been there's consistent. There's always one. There's always one, of course there is, particularly on Twitter, but there's, there's consistently, you know, he's been, he's been doing that consistently for so long, that's what he'll continue to do, so I don't think you can go, I don't think you can really go wrong with either of them, to be honest, but I think that's going to be such a tough decision in game week seven. My original plan was definitely was Ronaldo to Lukaku game week seven, maybe shorter Rudiger or James um, game week, maybe even Alonso now game week seven as well. But the more I see Ronaldo, the more I think he could quite easily get two or three ag- against an Everton team that just lost three nil to Villa. What, what do you think? I was, I was actually going to question, I guess that the idea that um, I, I see there, I, I think there are more goal scorers at United than there are at Chelsea. So, so I feel like at Chelsea, Lukaku actually stands a chance to be more, uh, more talismanic have a, in terms of goal scoring uh, than, than Ronaldo. And, and I think Ronaldo could and has in, in previous teams disappeared in certain games. And, and when he disappears, I mean, he, he doesn't do anything else. So uh, while Lukaku, I think, could remain more, um, yeah, just, just more of a focal point in the, the tip of that attack. I don't know what it was. That's really interesting, yeah. Yeah, possibly. I think and, and I'm mainly, I guess, because we've got such, such few games um, in the Premier League to go on so far, I'm mainly kind of going from from what I've just seen, and he he wasn't as he certainly wasn't as much of a threat against Spurs as Ronaldo was against um, West Ham, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I think I'm kind of going off the fact that there were that Chelsea had three different goal scorers. Um, well, this, that's the one thing Chelsea ten. does do is they have these guys that can head the ball like crazy, right? That's, yeah, that's so it. That element. I, I, do, I do think you're right, though. On paper, you look at United's team and there, there, there does look to be more goal scorers than, than, in, than in Chelsea's. But it's just just from what I've seen so far, they're just they're constantly looking for Ronaldo. I mean, you look at, you look at the effect it's had on Greenwood so far. He's, I think he's maybe had one or two shots, whereas beforehand, before Ronaldo came, he was... He was he was right up there, um, and Bruno's looking for him at every available opportunity. Pogba's looking for him. It just seems like he's massively going to be the focal point. But you, but you're probably right. I think Lukaku is is going to be that for Chelsea as well. I just feel like he hasn't quite. He's been playing very well, but he hasn't quite hit the. Maybe he has. I don't know. He's, he's well, I, still, I, I, still I scored what... two, didn't he, against against Villa? 
if I were to try to put my finger on kind of like the idea, I think you're getting at this idea that, and, and I think it's probably true, but I'd have to check the, the passing heat maps. At, at Chelsea, the passes come from further away. So he seems, Lukaku seems a little bit, I guess, more isolated. It seems like there's a team kind of behind him. Whereas with Ronaldo, they're, they're, it's more uh, shorter passes. So Ronaldo seems maybe more involved in, in the actual gameplay. Again, that's that's kind of just narrative in my head right now. I'd have to check the passing heat maps to verify that, but I could see that playing out. Yeah, no, no, that's interesting. I think for me, it was always like an easy choice to do kind of Ronaldo to Lukaku in game week seven originally. Mm-hmm. Now I don't think I would do that move until at least game week eight. I think people who may be wildcard in game week eight, there is a case to maybe sell Salah as one of the two free transfers in game week seven when he plays City, as big a risk as it is. And actually have both Ronaldo and Lukaku in that week. And then wildcard in game week eight to then maybe stick with Lukaku and get Salah back. Um, Mm. We'll talk about the freemium option shortly, but it's not for me. I don't like the way it kind of destroys the rest of the balance in my squad personally. Other people obviously have done it to good effect. Um, I I think I'm a fixtures man, Luke. So when I see those fixtures for uh, Lukaku from kind of game week seven, eight to 15, it's really hard for me to not jump on that but I think equally I'm more and more tempted to maybe wait because if Ronaldo just keeps scoring every game it's not going to be so easy for me to just sell him um yeah like so that, that's one thing that's is worrying me a bit and I was hoping to hold on to my wild card but if I start to think I want both Ronaldo Lukaku and Salah if that is where I'm leaning by game week eight I may just have to wild card to try and fit them all in and um, I, I don't know how that's going to pan out um one thing I will say is Ronaldo's goals, they've all kind of been, I, I don't know, like, I almost feel like all the goalkeepers and defenders seem in awe of him and they're like <laughs> spilling the ball and fucking up. And <laughs> it seems a bit mad, I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't know how long he's going to face people like Woodman and these guys, like, with these schoolboy errors. Um, so there is also that that worries me a bit. Um, Lukaku, I think he looked great. I'm shocked he got no points last game. In a way, I think that masks how he played. Um, the other thing about Lukaku is, We've got the likes of kind of Antonio, Bamford, these guys, um, you know, they're getting their points. And actually, you know, you've got even Vardy and the likes, they're all scoring, Ings is scoring. Um, in the top five forwards for points, people only talk about Antonio and none of the other four if you look at them. So is it that actually these other forwards are scoring the same as a Lukaku and Ronaldo? And do we need both? Um, it's like everyone's like, Lukaku scored, Lukaku scored. Well, it was six points. Can't I get my six points from a cheaper striker? So now I'm starting to think maybe two of them isn't enough and that week where they both hauled and both got a brace i think that will be few and far between um so, so that, that that's a few things in my thinking um but just on that note then about antonio gabe um because obviously lucas kept antonio and benched him i've done the same we're both fellow norwich owners when he got the four goals so <laughs> i can see why he benched him but 1.5 million people sold him um what are your thoughts there you sold him on wildcard didn't you I, yes, I did. So yeah, Pete here in the in the live chat says, "Can't wait for Anto- Antonio this game week after losing 1.5 million owners." Uh, I, I mean, Pete has reason to be excited, I think, and, and players like um, you know managers like myself are are trusting our other assets to to cover. I mean, that's that's the name of the game, right? If you don't go for one and you have some other, then you're hoping that the you know the it, it was a criticism or, or uh, you know, a fear of mine when I when I let go of Antonio, and and I just told myself that um, you can't you can't have them all, and you're going to have players that that you know are going to perform well in certain game weeks, 
And you have to trust that the players you selected in combination will perform just as well as that. I think that's that simple, really. Do you, I've seen he's kind of, this is the funniest part of the transfer trends, Luke. So um, when the game week loaded, there were still people mass selling Antonio because he had a red flag, even though he wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day they removed the flag and now he's like the most transferred in player. Um, honestly, I just love, like, I, I promise you, like, I just love watching what people do in the market. It's fucking fascinating. Um, it's like all it takes is a little flag and they just fucking lose their shit. But <laughs> so just on that note, my early captaincy thoughts are obviously like Ronaldo because he's at home. Salah, although it's away at Brentford, it's, um, you know, he's in insane form. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if anyone went with him if it's a good choice. But is there a case then for Antonio, Luke? Like, would you consider Antonio or is he at the bottom of your list of those three? No, I think he's I think he's right at the top. I mean, I think really if you're looking at um if you want a bigger set of data and you want you know slightly bigger than Ronaldo and you kind of look at the form of Leeds um versus Villa, then Antonio's a better captain pick this week for over Ronaldo. I mean, even even with missing the game, um last week so playing a game less than most other players he's third for shots third for shots in the box still first for big chances third for xg joint second for big chances created and he's fourth for xa as well so you've got goal and assist potential against Leeds, who are 19th for xgc 19th for shots conceded 20th for shots in the box conceded 20th for shots on target conceded um and 47% of their chances are conceded in the centre of the pitch. And Antonio plays down the middle. Um, whereas Villa, I mean, like, really, on paper, he should be getting two or three goals there. That's just like... But again, it's a very small data set to work from. And you look at what's just happened with Wolves against Brentford. Wolves look solid at the back, posting good stats. I thought easy clean sheet. I thought Tony would do nothing, and and look what happened. So it's it's that, and look what happened. Look what's happened with Southampton in the last few games. Suddenly they've learned how to defend. Yeah. So it is a very small data set to be working on. But Antonio just passes everything that we're talking about, and it's a great fixture. But I'll still captain Ronaldo. <laughs> I was going to say I'm going to be captain Ronaldo. But um, ask Gabriel how it felt that week when he captained uh, Antonio instead of Ronaldo. Would you do it this week again, or like, I guess you don't I have would. him? If I had him, I would captain Antonio this week. You sold would him you? to avoid this. I would. Never, didn't you? It's pretty much it's like I don't want these decisions do not go well for me. But I, I would, I would 100% captain Antonio if I had him because I know he's going to be top of Mariners' metric as well. So. Yeah, on that note, Luke, so um, Mariner, the captain of our ship, he had a captaincy metric last year that had an 80% hit rate. And a lot wow. of us, well, my captains did not hit 80%. It was one of my worst seasons for captaincy. Like yeah, some people are now just following his metric all, all season, I guess, because they have that faith in it. Um, I, I think for me, one thing I will say is I'm looking at home players. Any decision I'm struggling mm -hmm. on this season, whether it's which defender yeah. to play between my 4.5s, who to captain, I'm going to go for the home player. Like I've seen enough from that limited sample size of what it's like. I've been to a couple of games myself. Just seeing the home crowds, like that's enough for me. Like I'm not captaining away players if I've got a premium at home. Like that, That's me though. That's my style. Um, yeah. What about the freemium topic? Um, yeah, I think 
it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? I think it, I think it is a viable um, a viable way to go having having all three, um, but it's not for me at the moment. I just feel like you're kind of relying a lot on that third premium to perform each week, and if one of them doesn't, you're then relying on on other players that are perhaps shoehorned in a little bit. Um, but you know, having said that, I have seen some some really good teams with with all three of them in um they're always four four two so you're missing out and like you were saying earlier um Nima about is 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 a player like Sam Max I mean Sam Max is not gonna score every week but is a player like him Calvert Lewin you know Bamford Jimenez Antonio you're missing out on all these mid-price strikers that could potentially get you the six points that Ronaldo only got this week so I think you can do it without without all three, but I completely get the temptation. It's a, it's going to be a, a really tricky decision, especially on wild card. So Gabe, Gabe's got the three of them, and he made a really solid point that if you go freemium, it doesn't mean you have to stick with it. Like no, it can no. just be for a few weeks. And, and the, I think what I was getting at is right these past couple of weeks, right? The it's the budget enabling mids that have been hitting so not this week of course because i wildcarded but previous to prior to my wildcard where the damari grays of the world right are, are hitting i mean sar sar bang this week and we see the the 7.5 the mid price ones that aren't doing so well so in in times in of, of the season when this is kind of the dynamic when the, if the budget ones are hitting then it's a good time to maybe maybe try a premium the problem with that is that that can change at any moment, right? It was like one of your premiums stops hitting and then you have to kind of readjust or um, you need a lot of surgery to then recover from that, which is kind of the peril of uh, trapping yourself into three premiums. But I'm with three premiums now and that'll probably, I'll probably remain that way until about game week eight or nine, which when I'll sell one of them probably and, and then, yeah, diversify. I guess on that yeah. note, um, you've already wildcarded. So I guess there was like 800,000 managers, I think, wildcarded last well, week. Yeah, and, and that's that's a, that's another thing. I think the threemium is good as part of a broader strategy, uh, like, like Nino was saying, not just as a thing in, in itself. So either you're going to wildcard out of it or you have some transfer plans to get out of it at some point. Yeah, but, I think, I think it, if – sorry, go on, mate. No, no, no. I, I was going to move on to, to the next talking point, but if you had a well, one last thought here, but please. Oh yeah, no. So I guess yeah. Just to just to finish finish that off, I think if they all if all three of them had amazing fixtures, then I think it would be a lot. It would be a, a lot tougher decision for me. But mm. the fact that if you look at the fixtures, you can quite easily jump on and off the ones that have the best. So therefore, it makes it much easier to just stick with two for me and go. But obviously, a player like Lukaku, Ronaldo, Salah can always perform against the against the higher teams, but they are less likely to against a tough mm-hmm. defence. You know, Lukaku against City is less likely to score than Ronaldo is against Villa. And you've got Antonio there, who's got a brilliant fixture against Leeds. And you've got, you know, somebody like Bamford, who's, who's got an OK fixture against West Ham, or you've got Jimenez, who's got a decent fixture against against Southampton. If you if you're relying on Ronaldo, if if you're relying on just Ronaldo and Lukaku up top, I think you're you're more likely to get points with, you know, Antonio Ronaldo and a another this this week mm. because of that 
that tough fixture. But it, you mm. know, it's, it's going on probabilities, isn't it? And and whether you whether you favour fixtures over kind of just the best players. Hmm. So I, I wanted to ask you. Uh, a, a lot of people are thinking about wild carding in the next. Certainly, game week seven has been was was one of the game weeks that was identified by many managers, at least on Twitter. And I wanted to get your thoughts of if somebody is going to wild card in game week seven and they're looking for a punt. What's a what's a one game week punt for game week six for managers? Yeah, so I had a little look. Had a little look at this before we uh, before we started recording. So um, obviously we, you know, fairly well known. I guess that the worst defenses in the league at the moment are um, Newcastle, Leeds, and, and Norwich. Um, so I've looked at. I think um, Leeds obviously uh, playing West Ham, and I, obviously Antonio would be my pick there, but he's not too much of a of a differential. So I had a look at Everton and, and Watford players. Um, so that's Watford have got Newcastle at home and Newcastle conceded have conceded 43% of their chances down the right side. So I looked at Dennis. Um, it wasn't a massive differential, but he's only he's 11.4% owned and he operates on the left. My pick for that would be Saar still. I think he's still 7.3% owned. So is that a differential? Are we saying under 10% or under under 5%? I, I, think, so. I, think, I think under 10 is good. Yeah, so Saar would be my pick really for for that game, and I think under ten is still is still great for him, and he'd he'd probably be my pick if I was just making um, a, a punt before a wild card. Um, and Everton wise, I looked at either Townsend or Decore. I mean, Townsend one point eight percent owned, and Decore's three. Andy's <laughs> Decore maybe. Andy's put uh, um, he's three point one percent owned. I mean, Townsend doesn't offer a lot of goal threat, but. He has created 10 chances so far and, and two of those big chances and Norwich concede most chances down their left. So he could be he could be a little punt as well. No, I like that. Um, that's a very timely moment for me to tell you. As I said, when the game loaded and I saw Jota miss from three yards, I wanted to rage him out. Um, <laughs> we, we've heard Firmino's back in team training. The midweek game comes too soon. If I saw Jota play, say, like a lot of minutes midweek in the League Cup, and I keep hearing murmurs from Klopp that Firmino's ready, he's going to play against Brentford. Um, it may be enough, because I've got two free transfers, so I'm looking to use one and roll another. It nice. may be enough for me to get rid of Jota Facade this week. Um, it is a bit mm. of points chasing, but the reality is um, I like his next six fixtures. In the shorter term, his next two at least, with Newcastle being one of them. If I am going to wildcard as well around gaming seven or eight, which I've still not decided yet, I think Saar is someone I would like against Newcastle. So I, I agree with that. Um, you, you mentioned DeCorey. We really like him here. Um, Gray, he had like three goals from three shots. So I won't go more into him. Um, obviously, with Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin out, maybe he's got a bit more of a attacking threat because he'll have to do more. But some players I want to ask about are sort of kind of Conor Gallagher. I don't think his next three look great. I think he's better for someone wildcarding later. Some people are moving in early on him. Um, the other option is Rafinha, who a lot of people move from Ben Rama to him. And I've, I've got to wait and find out if he's injured or not. If he wasn't injured, how would you rank those replacements for Jota? For me personally, say like between Saar, Gallagher, Decore, Gray, Rafinha. What are your thoughts about those? Like, How would you rank them? Uh, I think Rafinha would be my first choice. I like to look at players that have been consistently doing it before this season as well. And I think the other players you've mentioned um, 
haven't got that season behind them necessarily of like consistent returns. And I think Rafinha's not quite hit the heights yet of, of last season, but he's looked good. Um, and he is such an important player for Leeds. And I think I think they will I think they will start to click a little bit more than they than they have done. And they've got they've got great fixtures. So he he'd probably be first choice, and then Saar would definitely be second. I mean, he's just such a talisman for Watford, isn't he? I think if they score, he's one of those players where you've got the notifications on your phone. And you just know when it buzzes up, Watford won. You think Saar's going to be involved. He's bound to be involved. Um, whereas we haven't got that as much with with Jota or any, uh, because of Salah and Mane and um, you know uh, a, a few of those a few of those other players. So I think having that like talisman effect is always really really fun to have when you own a player like like Saar because if, if they score, you're probably going to be involved. Don't get me wrong. Like I might still yeah. keep him, but I'm going to wait and see like how things pan out with his minutes and Firmino yeah. and what he looks like. Um, so, something that I just wanted to show you, actually. So um, before we continue on the final two questions from here, we're then going to go to Twitter. I thought this would be a great time to talk about what happens when um, a notification comes in and a player you don't own and his Twitter own score. So we had Nick Triggerlips <laughs> on the show recently last week and he came and co-hosted with Gabe. He was the guy I told you that had the five seasons where his worst rank was 1,700 and the other four were top 1K including a 35 finish. Um, I'm going to show the video of what happened while we were live on air with Hibbo last Monday. And people in the live chat told us that Gray had scored for Everton. <laughs> and Luke, if you've not seen this clip, like, it is, it's like, it is honestly, it's incredible drama. So let me just, um, let me get that on for you one second. It, I actually don't know what to say. It's so good. It is so good. Um, <laughs> let's get this on. Um, I'm going to put the slide on. <laughs> Is this the guy that hates people making money out of FPL? It is, it is. Yeah. We had a great chat. We had a great chat. Yeah, yeah, we had a great chat. Okay, have a look funny. at this. Have a look at this. That's Can't devastating. Believe. Max on the top. net is going to crash. Let's have a look. Oh, wow. The average and the safety score have gone way up. <laughs> Having DCL out and then having that prick grey score, it's just like, <laughs> it's ruined my fucking day, though. <laughs> you know, you get... It's ten, ruined my all, day too, to be fair. All, all 10 midfielders blank, don't they? And you just know that fucking grey is going to come along and fuck up your grain week. Grain on a Monday. Except like <laughs> all the pricks on Twitter have all got him. That's the only people you were... 99% of people posting on Twitter tonight will have him. All, all the, the wild card is all the rest will have turned off. Okay, we... Oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was incredible, Luke. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so Nick is now one of the haulers. He's one of us, uh, friends of the show. Um, for anyone who'd not seen that video before, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'd like to take this moment to say um, we actually peaked at nearly 50 live views, so that was great. It's going well. Thank you, guys. Um, if you are watching and you've just tuned in recently, please do hit like and subscribe if you're not a subscriber already. I um, really appreciate the support. It will help us, obviously, with the algorithm. Um, so please do hit like if you're enjoying it. We're going to get to the live Q&A very shortly, so you'll have your chance to ask Luke and the rest of us your questions. But please show us some support and some love. And we're just going to finish two final questions as part of the Game Week 6 trending topics, and then we're going to kind of open up to the floor as well. So um, on that note, I'm just trying to think what was next. Um, I think it was about Wolves game. Yeah, so we were just um, just wondering about Wolves and um, how 
how do we evaluate them? Like, do, do we judge them now? Do we let these fixtures unfold and then judge the kind of block of eight game weeks? What do we do with Wolves? Those of us that yeah. brought Traore instead of Saar, for example. Yeah, I, I, I went with Saar. I played my wildcard on fan team the uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and I, I chose Saar over Traore, which I'm very, very glad about now after that, mm. after that haul. And he, I mean, as a Jimenez owner, it was such a frustrating watch that, that game against Brentford. I thought Wolves were so bad um, in terms of their end product. I mean, Traore just cannot cross and cannot finish. And I just can't see it changing. I think if you... It, but then if I had him, I would keep him. <laughs> I think it, it's one of those players and he's posting those stats. You think, well, surely eventually a goal's going to go in. Um, it's I mean, if, 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 it's the, the team kind of... that. There's a point where like a, a miss or a close miss just destroys the team. Like, I think I feel like Traore's crossbar, that was the nail in the coffin for Wolves. Because once yeah. they saw that didn't go in, it's like they didn't believe anything would go in at that point. I, yes. But what happens if that, if that goes in, I think it's a very different game. I don't know what you think. Yeah, maybe. It feels similar to Brighton last season when they had they had those games where they were posting such good numbers and they just couldn't finish. And then suddenly, I think they had that game week where they, they won three or four nil and Trossard finally scored. And it was like, it, we knew that was coming. So, But then those, the stats against Brentford weren't, weren't anywhere near as good as the ones beforehand. But then Brentford have been really solid at the back. I, I don't know. I think they're a bit of a wait and see for me. What, what do you think, Nima? It's a tough one because I am looking at kind of moving Ailing on this week, depending on the injury. So if I do keep Jota, um, it will be Ailing I'm moving on. And I have a choice here whether do I go for like a Semedo or Macau or do I just go straight to Rodiger and bench him against City and like get one step ahead towards that Chelsea assets and have two free transfers in game week seven, already have Rodiger, um, try to basically avoid the wild card. So. I'm leaning towards that. I have zero million in the bank for that move. So if Ailing drops or Rudiger rises, which they're both potentially going to do, I will be priced out. But that, that is something I'm looking at. And I think I'm going to avoid Wolves for now. I actually have them in other formats. I think that's the beauty, Luke. You mentioned fan team of playing these other games. Is yeah. It's my first season kind of playing Sky. Um, I have 12 entries in fan team compared to one last year. So like, I kind of own the other players in other formats. And I think to myself, I'm not going to just try to own them all in FPL. I can't. And if they do well, I probably own them in one of my many teams somewhere. So <laughs> I'll be happy either way. Fuck it. Like, and, and that that helps me in my patient approach. The, the, the remedy to keep the remedy to FOMO. That's the remedy to FOMO. Is just play multiple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're not going to miss out. That's on why I didn't get him in his last week. <laughs> Honestly, that's why yeah, I mean, I, in the end. I don't know how you keep up with 12, 12 teams on a fan team. That's, that's unreal. I've only got the one. Um, yeah, no, I'd, yeah, de- definitely, definitely get Rudiger. I, I'd play him against City as well. I, I wouldn't bench him. But yeah, I'd, yeah I could definitely. Be, I could bench Livramento against Wolves for uh, Rudiger. I would do that. Say, yeah. yeah. Like, could, uh, yeah. Rudiger's got that goal threat as well, hasn't he? I mean, as we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's. A I think if I had if option. I had the Wolves players though, just for any listeners who do have them, some people in the live chat were asking about Traore and should they sell him now? I think if you've already brought him in for these fixtures, you've got to see Hold. it through, and that's yeah. kind of why I kept Tony right. So my view is I have players for like a period of I'd say four to six weeks minimum, four yeah. on the minimum, 
And that's why with Jota, even though I want to rage sell him, my view is, well, I've had him for two. If I sell him now and he hauls, I'm going to be fucking absolutely fuming to go against my own rule and have sold him before he even gets free games in my team. So for that alone, I think you can always kind of have everything go your way and then the ball just doesn't go in. And if I always say, like, you pick these players in your team for a reason. If you believe your reason and process is still correct, don't just jump ship two games in. Like, wait, like, over three, four games, it should naturalize and get you the points. So I think if I had Traore now, I'll keep him for another game or two. Um, I wouldn't be doing, like, Traore to Saar because Saar will then be another fire to put out in a few weeks. So yeah. it's like, I wouldn't just be jumping from one mid-priced asset to the next. For mid-priced assets, I like to hold them for the long term because... Sometimes you sell them in the tough fixtures and that's when they haul, right? Um, it's better to just hold them and just get the points, rack in the points. And so my final question for you before we go to the Twitter questions is, so both on Jota and Greenwood, um, maybe their time is coming to an end in terms of nailed starters. Rafinha, we've heard in the live chat from FPL Dallas, he could actually be injured for two weeks. It's not definite yet. Ben Rama has your roper. What are your thoughts on these kind of, these kind of six to seven and a half million midfielders where they're not necessarily all going to be nailed in the long term. And like, I guess, yeah, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think, you've got, I think you've got to pick those players that are more nailed. If you're going with this strategy, which I think you and I are going with, of switching in and out of the premiums in, depending on fixtures, then you've got to have those assets that, that are more, more long term hold. So, and are they are they around now uh, at the moment with like you say Jota Greenwood um and uh Rafinha possibly being injured you've got to kind of either think about coming off them and and going down towards the 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 Saar Traore Gray Gallagher um and then you've got that option of 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 three premiums um but you just got to keep an eye on it really i think particularly with with injuries and stuff i mean if rafinha's injured if rafinha's injured ben rama's in europa and jota it looks like he might be rotated i mean i'm gonna have to pull a wild card because i've got all three of them um so it's it's all about just keeping up to date with it and holding those picking those mid-priced assets for the longer term no that's really interesting i just want to say so um we've got um at one life soccer tv um so Someone I interact with on Twitter, I think he knows Dread, and um, he makes a, he does make an interesting point about he actually disagrees. Um, so we love to kind of have debate here. We don't want to spoon feed and everyone plays differently. He actually prefers to kind of move those mid price players um, for when there's better games for another mid price player. And I, I do see the appeal in that. Say last year there was lots of budget value. There was the likes of kind of Suchek and um, Dallas, I think, and there was even um, Gundogan at times where. They were hauling, and I knew people with 107 million team value at the end of the season. And some weeks they had anywhere from two to five million in the bank. It wasn't the year of the premiums. This year, I think where you've got the likes of kind of in the forward line, you've got Ronaldo, Lukaku, Kane, Obavardi, all above that kind of 10 point, 10 million price point. In mid, you've got Salah, Mane, um, you've got um, De Bruyne, who's yet to even feature really. You've got Son, you've got Bruno. Um, there are so many premiums. And I think actually the person who's going to win their mini leagues this year, and this is a personal thought again, like we'll know at the end of the year, I could be completely wrong. The person who's going to win FPL, I think it's the person who has the two right premiums in the right weeks. And so for me personally, this season, I'd like rather move with my free transfers between those premiums for captaincy and try to get those right. And 
like I agree to, with him to an extent. Like obviously you can move, but someone like showed me like a fixture run for say seven mil midfielders, and they showed how they could change like six or seven of them between now and game week twenty. And in my eyes, it's kind of like that's seven transfers that I could be using for captaincy. And there's so many premiums. I don't think they've all even come to the forefront yet. And maybe once they do start playing, like we will maybe have a different opinion on that. But he, he is right. I think you've got to pick one of those two strategies. Either you keep your premium set and forget and move the budget price or mid-price players, or you keep the mid-price players and you move the premiums. And I think whichever strategy you go with, you kind of need to stick with it because otherwise you're going to start like panicking and misbalancing your team to chase what other people's strategy is. So if his kind of view is that maybe the mid-price players can be moved and he does that well, he, he could win his mini league. So I'm not denying it could be right, but I just want to put that up on screen because it's nice to show that there are people with different views. They play differently and none of us are right, right? We're all guessing and we just hope we all do well. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Cool. So on that note, let's go to the Twitter question. So we had a few questions come in from Twitter before we go to the live Q&A. Um, I'm just going to pull these up very quickly. Um, some of them we have answered, so we will maybe make it um, quick fire, Luke. So at FPL Max, he's got an interesting question. He asks, what's the best strategy for tripling up on Chelsea, please? Best strategy or who do they, or, or which three? I guess, yeah, who would you go for? So would it be two defenders and Lukaku? I say yes. One right. defender, one mid and Lukaku. Like, what are you thinking? Yeah, two two defenders and Lukaku for me. And choices right now would be, um, uh, I'd have Rudiger and probably Alonso. There is a question about Alonso coming up, um, <laughs> but I won't go there yet. Um, that, that pause though says it all, right? That size. <laughs> Which one of the two rotations? You're going to be on next week's show with trigger lips um, when Alonso gets benched. <laughs> what about you, Gabe? Who are your three? Oh, uh, so, you know, so I, I went with with Reese James on wild card. I was actually I was quite surprised that that he didn't start this past weekend, but I. I don't know. I think Rudiger. It has to be. Has to be Rudiger. Lukaku is a, is an obvious one. I want to say Mount, but Mount obviously got substituted at halftime, so he he may be prone to uh, tactical substitutions. Um, so I guess I guess the other one I would say is Reese James. I, I do think at the at the end of the the year he's more nailed than Alonso, even though that hasn't been the case till now. So, so I would definitely, obviously, Lukaku is the first one on the team sheet. Yeah. Uh, Rudiger is the second one for me. It, it's a tough one. I had looked at the likes of Mount and Havertz. Um, I'm not convinced, personally. I think I prefer double defence. Their defence seems incredible. Um, I think Chelsea are going to win the title. So on that note, I did like Reese James like you. Um, Dredd, he says he would be going for Christensen. He's obviously only 5 million. I think maybe he's risen to 5.1. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but... That's an appealing one as well, I think. Someone told me he'll probably start seven or eight out of every ten. Um, so I think for those who don't want Reese James and Rudiger, Christensen's another one to think about. Um, Alonso, you said, Luke, but there is a question about Alonso. So we'll cover Alonso more when we come to that. So next question. Um, well, thank you at DCL Flag. Um, he's actually, again, onto it. How long can we actually be comfortable before setting and forgetting Alonso? Um, I think it's fire here. It's like playing with fire. I don't know what you think, Luke. You obviously mentioned him, so we'll ask you first. 
Yeah, it is. I just feel like if you're going to go with two Chelsea defenders, then you might as well go with one that has a high upside, but also a high chance of rotation because the, the, the players, the defenders that have got the highest upside are the fullbacks, really, because they play a back three with, with the two with the two wing backs. So I think Alonso and, and James are the, are the ones that I'd go for. So you, you might as well take the risk, but I don't, I don't know how long how long we wait before we're actually comfortable. But he's started every game so far, hasn't he? He has. Um, and Chilwell has been ready for a couple of weeks now. But I think it's important to note he went away with England. He didn't play. He probably wasn't match fit. And I think even when he came back to Chelsea, he still wasn't really match fit. And I believe Chil kind of made an announcement a couple of weeks back where he was like, Chilwell's now in contention. So I think that's a new thing. And he's dropped to 5.6 million, I believe, overnight. So... He's a wait and see, and I, I don't know. Like I think Alonso in his current form, it's hard to see how he's benched. So I think if there was a time, I'd get him now. I don't know about setting and forgetting. Um, if he got dropped for Chilwell, I'd just make the sideways transfer. But again, I, I find that rough. I'd rather go for Rudiger and feel safe. Um, what, what about you, Gabe? Because talking of kind of minus fours for breakfast, um, so you wildcarded Alonso in last year. And one week later, was it? You were like, fuck this and minus four him out. Or was that Ricardo P or Dino? I don't know. Like, no, you have a love affair answer. with fullbacks. <laughs> it's really true, isn't it? I have a love affair with the, with wingbacks, man. They they get me. Like, just so many ways to points. The the league is just trending in this direction. But no, it was Alonso last, last season. I brought Alonso in on my wild card. And the very next week, he was right out of there. It was the right call at the time, too, because he didn't do shit. He didn't for a while, didn't he? And FPL Joe held, held on to him. And he's no. usually the hitman, and he didn't follow his path that time. It didn't work out for him. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think that there's something up with Chilwell. I, I, there's some, it feels like there's some information there that we don't have. But I, that, because I just don't believe after all this time in the league, all of a sudden, the best defensive coach in the league comes and says, you know what, Alonso's a better defender than Chilwell. And then there's just something that doesn't, there's something incongruous to reality about that. So I do think Chilwell, I, I, that should get resolved and he'll come back in and Alonso will be a rotation risk once again, in my opinion. No, okay. Now I want to just, um, so at Life Soccer, he's replied, he said his strategy is free premiums. Currently, he's got Salah, Ronaldo, and Nikaku, similar to you, Gabe. Mm. And he is then shuffling, obviously, the mid guys. So Ben Rama, Jota, Barnes, Saar, Torres, Greenwood for any podcast listeners. And he's also targeting Norwich, which seems like a great plan. And so I think in that strategy, that makes total sense. Like if I was going to go for free premiums, I wouldn't then be rotating them with my transfers. I'd just stick with them. And mm -hmm. yes, I would then be rotating those mids for sure. I think if I've only got the two premiums, that's where maybe then I would be rotating the premiums and keeping the mids. So I think it depends where you're looking to use your transfers and how your team's made. I like his system. Um, all three of those premiums, they do feel like you could keep them. And I think actually people who want those three and don't jump on them soon, they will be priced out. So if you don't kind of have them, they're all going to rise. Mm. And then you're going to be even more stuffed in terms of midfield assets that you can't afford those budget enablers. So th that's an interesting just side thought for any podcast listeners. Um, I'm going to put this question up that came up from at Hibbo, who obviously can't be here with us today. <laughs> it's a little bit of banging on my own drum. So I'm currently sitting at like a 1,000 rank. And um, I've never been this high in uh, nine years this early on. Um, he said, can I FPL Nima win FPL 21-22? Um, I don't know about that, Hibbo, mate. Um, I, I'm not so sure. But, you know, all I want is a triple-digit finish. That's like my wildest dream. Um, 
when I, that year when I finished 1,100, I was fucking gutted to not get the top with the finish. Um, I'm having a look. I'm 36 points from first, 13 points from top 100. Uh, the points are bunched up because equally, in the same way I'm 36 points from first, I'm only 35 points from 100K. So I think it's way too early, Hibbo, to be putting this kind of pressure on me, mate. Please don't. Stop telling people I'm going to win on Twitter. You're fucking scaring me. There's only so long I can keep up back-to-back green arrows. Let me breathe a bit and stop fucking tweeting about my rank, guys. Um, it's too early. It's too fucking early. What do you guys think? Can FP or Nemo win FP or 21-22? <laughs> I think we'll stop tweeting about your rank when you stop tweeting about your rank, Nemo. <laughs> So Scout Joe, he told me that I was being um, duplicitous because I posted my ranks and then also asked, what are your dilemmas for the game week? He said, I'm allowed to post my ranks and say, look, I'm incredible. And I'm allowed to send another tweet that says, what are your dilemmas? But by combining the two, I'm being deceitful. So I took his advice. And this week, I just said, look, I'm fucking amazing. Um, I'm 92 in Sky. I'm 120 in Fan Team. I'm 80 in fucking Dream Team. I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm not asking no questions. I'm just great. And I thought, while I can, I'll write it. And you know what? It's crazy. I used to write thousand-word articles, thousands of words. Um, only ever got me a couple dozen followers, Luke. I post one time <laughs> that my rank's good, and I got like three hundred fucking followers. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ! Um, that's just make sure you thank Joe for that. Make sure you thank Joe for that. You know, for that too. Oh, <laughs> so I can you, imagine. Joe. I mean, yeah. No matter no matter what you uh, no matter what you post, there's there's always there's always going to be someone who has a bit of an issue with it. I, I like Joe. I, I like Joe. But um, one day, hopefully, inshallah, he'll invite me on to meet the manager. I, I don't know if he will, but hopefully. Um, I like his show. I like him. He's incredible. He's got insane finishes. Um, but I think the reality of the situation is um, we were just having banter. And I think some people then said to him, oh, Joe, like, you brag about your ranks too when you're doing well. How can you say this? And he was like, look, like, we're just joking. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah don't yeah, worry. Like, I get it. Well, we're just cracking jokes. Like, he's, yeah. a, he's a good guy. Um, yeah, like, no, no beef there. But you know, Twitter loves to make a mountain out of a molehill. So just the last one or two questions, and let's just go live chat after this. So what to do with Greenwood, um, guys? So we obviously said Greenwood's taking less shots, Luke, um, since the arrival of Ronaldo. We've also said, like, he's been quite fortunate to get some of his points. What, what, what do you think about that? Uh, I'll say hold for now. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm doing the same this week, at least. Um, especially if he doesn't start midweek, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't think he'll start... I think we'll see a, a much changed team for Carabao, and and he's been he's been preferred for the um, for the Premier League. But yeah, I'd hold him for now. I, I think so, and maybe when people who are looking to wildcard do do that, that might be a time to jump off. And at FPL Bangor, another friend of the show, they have a fantastic podcast, and they ask about Greenwood, but let's leave that. So they say, is transferring in Saar this week? Are we too late? This is kind of the last Twitter question. Uh, no, don't think you're too late. We're not. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so either. Not with Newcastle. Um, so, guys, we have five minutes with Luke. Um, please put any questions in the live Q&A that you have. So, I know there were some questions earlier in the day, but if you've got any questions now, please start putting them in. I'll put them up on screen and we'll go through them. And then if there's still more questions once Luke is gone, um, I don't know if Gabe's going to stay another five or ten after that, but we can kind of continue answering them. But it's been a pleasure these last 19 minutes with you, Luke, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing you at that meetup on there. I think it's the third of October, hopefully. If yeah. Not had your child yet by then? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I've just got to make sure I only have one beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, because at any point you could be called to the hospital. Exactly, exactly. But now, really, well, you own Gallagher for that, by the way. 
before the live questions, were you Owen Gallagher? For that oh day? yes, we Alice were saying that, play, weren't right? we? <laughs> It'd be very <laughs> tempting. I'll be very tempted to get Gallagher into that game. Him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to at Neil's Apple. So he says, should you play the way you enjoy and aim for top ten k, or play it safe and be in one k? Um. Hmm. So I guess I find that weird because like. If you were in top 10k around game week 13, you asked me, that's different. I think now where we've said the difference between first and 100k is only 70 points, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I mean, or, or, yeah, or is, he, or is he kind of saying, look, no matter what happens, you play the way you enjoy, you get in the top 10k, or what would you prefer sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. would you rather get a top 10k finish or a top 1k if... I see. Top yes, sorry. I, see like, like, would you, I, I guess would you if you played safe and you got top one k, maybe boring, let's say, versus yeah. you have fun, take some risks, but end up at a worse rank. Yeah, that's tough. I think I'd I'd rather play it safe and get top one k. So would I. Um, <laughs> what about form over fixture? Um, so from, sorry, from sorry, Key sorry. H, form over fixture. I'm a fixture man. But I don't know what you think. Yeah, I think I am, but I wouldn't bring in a player completely off form for a player absolutely on fire. Yep. Um, at FPL Dallas, we're gonna, these are quick fire, Luke, so yeah, we're yeah. going two minutes. Um, so Grealish to Saar for this week, or is that too short term? They're looking to hold on to the wild card to the round game week 14. Um, uh, well, uh, Gabe, you answer that one. <laughs> He's passing. He's passing on this question. That's great. I, no, not really. I I would keep Grealish because City's fixtures turn so hard for the for the better, and Grealish is is involved in a lot of the the kind of creativity around the box in that team. So I, I think when their fixtures turn, I think you're going to want Grealish back. Okay. Yeah. Dwight McNeil versus a poor left side of Leicester and Norwich. Like I like McNeil as a player, and I'm not looking in the Burnley attacker unless it's Wood. No, I no, think there's shaking there's heads. far more options. Yeah. Yeah. Bruno, keep or sell? They have Lukaku and Salah and Ronaldo. They've kept with Bruno at Jones Blake 79. At this point, what do you think from what you've been seeing? Is Bruno a no-go? Do you, do you keep him as if you've already got him? So so they've got he's got Bruno, Salah and Lukaku. Uh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just keep Bruno for now. Yeah. Life Soccer TV, for your namesake, is Luke Shaw <laughs> a trap? <laughs> uh, oh, I, he could be, you know. I'm really, I mean, I'm a United fan, and I'm really not confident in our defence at all. So mm. unless he's getting attacking returns, you're not getting the points. I mean, I, I, I wish I'd have just gone for Chelsea defenders at the start. I mean, I'd, I'd be laughing now instead of going. That I think there's an example really where um, you, you pick the, the the quality over the over the fixtures, and Chelsea mm. have just been just been smashing it no matter who they've been playing. So. Yeah, It'd been incredible, absolutely. right? Um, so, a couple of final questions for you, Luke, just as we rush through. So, from uh, Hordafi, um, like you know, you were talking about when do you know when to go for a player who hasn't hauled, but the stats and eye tests have aligned. So, like that Antonio four goals against Norwich a couple of seasons back. Like, what are you looking for to combine? Like, they've not got the points, but what is it from eye test and stats? So you're basically, for? when is Adama going to score his four goals yeah. in one match? <laughs> when is that, that yeah, going to happen, Luke? <laughs> Uh, I'm a, I'm a bit like that. I work on probabilities, you know. If I'm if I'm if I'm betting on roulette and there's been ten red in a row, the probability is you know. Then it's, I know it's just as like gamblers fallacy. Gamblers, but do you know exactly, exactly, exactly. It's a well it's a well known thing, and I like I like to go on that with with FPL as well. And if I think if somebody's massively underperforming their stats, then that's that's when 
that's when to get them in, I think. But not always. I think with someone like Traore, you've got to look at his past seasons as well. Has he done it before? Um, it's yeah, it's it's tricky. So I, I, to be honest, I don't I don't know the answer to that. So one of the best reasons I saw for buying him was from the singer at FPL Pig, and he said, "Built like a brick shit house." And I thought, when you run out of reasons to promote a player in FPL, and you've got to say that is worrying times. Um, <laughs> at Tinesh B, would you drop Mount or Traore? So he went for Mount and Traore's punts. The week he got Mount, Mount played zero minutes. Now he's come off at half time. The following week he got Traore. Um, he just wants to get rid of one of them. Which one are you raised transferring out if it was you? Traore. Yeah, I think so. Um, target Everton now. Mount. Oh, gotta oh, get, get rid of that. Oh, it's, 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 it's if he's going to be a work. tactical rotation, <laughs> you got, at least Traore is going to play. Guys, Ramanathan, target Everton now after last week's Villa performance. Uh, oh, ta- what target them playing against? As in, like, them. by players mm. against them. I guess we're all talking about maybe keeping Ronaldo in game seven it, because he faces Everton, but I wouldn't be buying players just because they're facing no, Everton. No, neither would no, I, no. no. Um, just a final couple for you. Um, Ray asks, what's your drink of choice at the meetup in October if you can make it? Because you are going to have just the one, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if I could have any. If I could have anything, I like the I like the emoji that he's he's put up there. I like a I like a a Godfather, which is whiskey and amaretto mixed. Mm. Nice. Um, wild card. We talked about this earlier. Um, game week seven or wait till after game week eight international break. For me, it's a wait. What about you guys? Yeah, me, it's wait a wait. Um, would you rather target Chelsea defense or Man City? I like the idea of one from each and not doubling on Chelsea personally. Yeah, I think that's a good strategy, actually. And that's probably what I'll do now you've said that. <laughs> I'm looking at that. Yes, uh, he is interesting. Yeah, um, that Brighton makes sense. Are sense the real deal or have they just had good fixtures? They're obviously fourth in the table. They had incredible XG last year. I think they were the best home defence since Christmas. Um, what do you guys think? I think they're the real deal. We've all got Sanchez anyway. So, like, unless you're looking to double up, I don't know what, being, what is being asked here. Um, if you don't have Rafinha, would you get him instead of Jotter or Greenwood? Um, well, if you don't have Jotter or Greenwood, I don't know if I'd be looking to get either of them anyway. And it sounds mm-hmm. like Rafinha might be out for two weeks, so we'll move on. Do you prefer Saar or Gray short term? Saar. Saar, me too. Yeah, yeah me, me too. Um, Gray with three shots, three goals, not for me. Um, final question. Get Reese James and Chilwell. Um, also get Diaz and a couple of nailed sub-5 million defenders in your good. So, well, I don't know if it's a question, but I think it's a point that some people have been talking about this. Like you can, I've been seeing a lot of kind of 4 3 threes. Four four twos. I think there is incredible value in the defense. Those kind of, I guess, five point five to six point five defenders. They're probably going to score more points over a season than the equal value players in midfield. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, he's saying he's taking out Harrison. Who would you bring in for a straight swap? Saw e- easy peasy. Mm-hmm. So, Gallagher yeah. is a wait and see I think that the free fixtures aren't great so on that note Luca I'm going to let you go we've kept you for an hour and 40 minutes it's been a pleasure um, I think Gabriel <laughs> if you're willing to stay an extra five minutes we'll answer a couple of final questions but um, mm-hmm. Luke it's been amazing I hope to see you on the third um, and I hope to see you on triple captain we'll, we'll, we'll coordinate a time and I'll give you that stream yard tour next time yes 100% yeah thanks a lot guys appreciate you having me and uh, no worries, it's been Luke. great Take care. Pleasure, yeah, man. I'll uh, I'll speak to you on I'll speak to you on Twitter, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Take care, man. Cheers. Take uh, care. All right, Gabriel. <laughs> how are you feeling? Um. So we've got um. JVS Saints going to come back to the next stream. Thank you so much, mate. We really appreciate that. 
Um, I think the next one's going to hopefully be on Thursday. It's the matchups show. So um, what we normally do is Hibbo and I do the kind of the early week views on a Monday. We have guests on. And then on Wednesday or Thursday, depending on if it's a Friday or Saturday deadline, Mariner and Gabriel do the matchups show where they look at all of what's going to come. They look at the captaincy metric, which had an 80% success rate last season. But um, yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure obviously to have Luke. Um, for anyone who missed out, I don't know who's not seen it, but I'm just having a quick look if there's any funny things to watch. Um, why don't we, while some questions come in, guys, send us a few final questions. While we do that, I'm going to show you the clip um, from the first ever guest we had, Tom Stevenson. He's currently number one in the Live Scout Hall of Fame. Um, best manager in the world ever. And we brought him on and one minute in, I said he was the fifth member of the net, that whole crew. And I had a bit of a tumbleweed moment. So while I enjoy some self-deprecating humor, um, send in any final questions you have for Gabriel and I. We're going to go to one hour 45, so five more minutes. But enjoy me humiliating myself here. Definitely our most popular member of the net, that whole crew. And you can definitely be our fifth crewmate now going forward. <laughs> Definitely be our fifth crewmate now going forward. Hello, darkness, my so, just while we're here as well, guys, so please do continue. All right, so please do continue to hit uh, like and subscribe if you're new, guys. And thank you all for tuning in. So, we have one question, which is What color is London from Javier? It's definitely red. Um, they asked Wenger a few years ago, like, um, Do you feel that Tottenham have closed the gap or like any all this stuff? And he said, When I last checked, they're still three miles down the road, about 20 titles behind us and have won League Cup in 23 years. So, moving on. <laughs> is Joe Linton a better asset than Kane? Ooh. <laughs> Oof. Well, Kane is doing incredibly um, with his no shots or touches in the box the game before. I think one shot in the last game. Who knows? But um, he was playing right wing back, it looked like to me, in the last game. This is why you don't keep a player when you can sell him for 150 mil. Um, you kind of cash in. I think I think Levi missed the trick there personally. So, but is, do you think do you think Levy will get involved and force Nuno to play Kane at the tip just to keep his value? Because if he keeps playing him the way he's playing him, he's going to be losing. He won't millions. be sixty million. That's every, every day. Every day he's losing millions on, on the player value. So, no, no, I think you're right. I I think they've got a pound shop Mourinho, and I hate to say it, but Levi said they want to play attacking football, and he hired an Italian sporting director and a pound shop Mourinho, and. That, that's my view. And they're two world-class cool. players and Son and Kane are both 29. Kane wants to leave. Son signed a new contract, fair enough. But I think there's a lot more problems than we're seeing. And it's big talk from me in an Arsenal shirt considering it's the North London derby on the weekend. But, um, you know, last week, eight days ago, people were telling me, look, Arsenal's 20th, Tottenham's first. If we win by two goals next week, we go ahead of them. So, fucking hell, guys. You need to calm down on Twitter. Jesus fucking Christ. Um... <laughs> Next one. Am I crazy to hit back in Antonio for my third striker? I took him out for Bamford last week. Um, I could bring him back. Would you take a minus four for Antonio? Um, that means removing Bamford? Well, yeah, let us know, yeah. Tinesh, in the comments. Are you removing Bamford? Um, Leonardo, yeah. if you had both Torres and Jota, who do you get rid of? Torres for me. Again, uh, if I, I just wait, we, we need more news. We need more news. He's way too early. I'll be waiting till Friday, Saturday for my moves. Yeah. And and here's here's the thing: if KDB when KDB starts, if Torres keeps playing at the nine, then he's actually probably a pretty good asset. Yeah. 
no, no, I agree. Um, Andy Martin, prediction for bottom three game. Goddamn predictions. Are you, I know you don't do <laughs> I think that's probably why Andy's doing this. He's bottom three. I'm going to say, I want to say the teams I hope, I guess, are in the bottom three. So um, I would say no offense, but I guess it is offensive. So I'm going to go with Nor- Norwich, um, Burnley, and I don't know who else. Was, was that last Please one? relegate those orcs. Um, like those orcs, Burnley, like how they don't get red cards a week. And we get their last red card was in 2019. That tells you all you need to know about the state of British refereeing. Um, who's your third team? So Burnley, Norwich. Burnley, Norwich, and I don't know, the third one. I don't want Newcastle to get relegated. I really don't, but I but I'm gonna throw them in there as well. I think Newcastle, Watford, they're all in danger. Brentford have looked okay. I don't think they have the depth to survive all season. There's a good five or six there that are in trouble. Um, He said, fair enough. Javier says it's blue. I can't argue with that. I'm just looking at the North London part, but he is right. London is blue. Um, St. Maximan, a trap or not? Um, Yeah, like, it's an interesting one. Um, Callum Wilson's still out. Um, I think St. Maximan is an incredible player. They should build their team around him. He is ex-lively, as we call it. Is he a trap or not, though? <laughs> I wouldn't be buying him at 6.5. I'd buy him at 5.5, personally. I'd buy him at 6.0. I, I, I don't think he's he's a trap. I just think he's a little expensive. Mm-hmm. So Life Soccer asks, template has started strong. Um, do we need De Bruyne and Kane to start to like pop again before that template just gets thrown out the park? I think we need De Bruyne. I, I don't think we need Kane. I, I think we have two big hitting uh, premium forwards. Plus we have Antonio, but but De Bruyne would, would be would be nice. Fair enough. I'm just going to rattle through these. So five premium defenders from game week eight to Chelsea to City and Trent. Not in a fucking million years, Tony. Um, I don't know what Gabe thinks. Like go for it if you like. The, the, like exactly. I like to win, and I'm not winning like that. So those are those are quality assets that are going to provide excellent value for for what they are. But you can and, never sell them. You have to hold them if you go. And you're them. stuck. And you're stuck. Yeah. So if that's how, if that's your thing, I mean, I think you could get points from it. But but that's a real. You can, key. but then you've got to get those six point five mil mid rotations or six point five striker rotations. You have to right. hit that. You and if you that. get those wrong and own them at the wrong time. I don't think it's back five points. Yeah. Wow. Um, Jones bloke, Kovacic or Gallagher? Gallagher all day for me. Um, yes. I would not go near Kovacic and Chelsea fans told me the same. Um, Bamford to Antonio on a free transfer. They're going to captain Salah. Like, I, I yeah. wouldn't have brought in Bamford to sell him this week, but like, if it's no hit, then yeah, why not if you fancy Antonio to outscore him? In a vacuum, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite ever footballer did not play for your team? His is Fenomeno Ronaldo. Um, I mean, my team. I guess mine would. I guess Socrates, the Brazilian. Okay. Now I'm a Ronaldinho guy. Um, anyone who looks like they're having so much fun and pure joy playing the sport, like just that smile, that that's that's enough for me. Um, the other player I would say, but well, in 1998, watching Michael Owen score against Argentina. I was eight years old. Um, I love that shit. It was 1994, Yakini when he scored the first goal for Nigeria in a World Cup, and he's holding the, the just for that moment, Yakini as well. Nice. So, thoughts on Adam Armstrong as an enabling forward. Um, I like the Tony to Armstrong switch when the Southampton fixtures move. Um, 
I think they have great fixtures for anyone wildcarding soon. I think he's the budget forward to own. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die on the hill that Dennis is not a good pick, but I could be really bad. Um, best goalkeeper long term, uh, Jose Sarr, Meslier, Ramsdale. If Ramsdale's playing, which I'm not sure he's nailed, let's see if Leno starts in midweek and if Ramsdale starts in North London derby. If that's the case, then I think he's number one at 4.5. You can't go wrong with an Arsenal goalkeeper that faces Liverpool between now and like November. Um, I'm not spending five million Sarr when there's like Semedo at 4.9. And I'm not spending five million on Meslier from what the fuck we've seen from um, Leeds defense preseason. I said Meslier might be the best five million set and forget. I fucking regret that. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we be looking at Villa players? Um, I, I like the look of Watkins personally, not yet. I, I like the look of Watkins. Um, Traore, um, Traore out, and I think I've been asking who is Gary a few times. Probably um, gray. I think it is gray. I would not be buying gray for Treore. Like, no fucking way. No. I'd be looking at Saar. I'd be looking at Gallagher. I'd be looking at Decore. I'd be looking at a whole host of players. And um, I personally would not go for gray. Um, people will say because Calvert-Loon and Richardson are out, it's a good thing. I think that makes their team worse. Um, what else do we have? Smash the likes, guys. Please do help. If there's anyone here who's not hit like and you've enjoyed the stream, please do. This is the last time I lost. Um, thoughts on Brentford defenders? Um, I know some people are going for Raya in goal. I, I just think there are better options. I, well, I, I don't like any of the four or five defenders. I still I still don't feel like I know enough about Brentford to really invest in them. So I, I would I would wait on Brentford for, for quite some time. I, I don't want their defense. Um, I, I don't like promoted teams defense, but that's no. me. Nehal, thoughts on Greenwood to Saar or Ailing to Marcao, Marcel? Which one is better? Um, that's tough because um, I'm talking about maybe Ailing to Rudiger or Semedo this week. I'm looking at maybe Jota to Saar. Um, Greenwood's not on my radar to sell yet, but he will be a problem soon, I think. Um, Rashford's apparently uh, kind of ahead of schedule in training, let's say, from the surgery. And I don't like what I've been seeing from Greenwood since Ronaldo's arrival. But what do you think, though? I'd probably move on Ailing personally, but what do you think? I think I, I would do the Greenwood to Sar move because I, I don't trust Marcel. I don't I don't know about Wolves defense. And I, I think Marcel is a bit of a trap in that where he got two assists in a game where I think he had an XA of 0. 0.05, if I'm not mistaken. One of those assists I think was on an own goal. So wow. so I, I don't think Marcel I wouldn't go near him. No, he's the reason Wolves lost the last game. Um, I know he's waiting. He's 100%. a golden boy of the nation. I would not be risking that shit. <laughs> he ruined that game for Wolves. Yeah, so Tinesh, uh, he's got the front three of Bamford, Antonio, Ron, Ron. It would be Bamford minus four to Antonio. I, I don't think I would in that situation. Front three of Bamford, Antonio, and Ron. And he wants to take the minus four to do undo Bamford back to Antonio. Minus, no. No, no, no. not minus four. No, three transfer, for yes. Yeah. Chilwell at 5.3 so he's 5.6 for one and um, if he does start starting yes he's definitely one to consider mm -hmm. thoughts on bringing in Zaha um, no I'd rather have Gallagher personally mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to rattle through these because I've drunk a few cans and I, I need to get to the restroom yeah. and end the stream <laughs> um, Armstrong versus Elianusi I've, I've heard good stuff about Elianusi his numbers have looked good he's performed well I think it's a 50-50 um, I like Armstrong I, I don't know yet. Let's wait till game week eight. Come back to net that hole in a few. They're different positions and they're also different prices as well. You know, he's a five-five midfielder, if I'm not mistaken, and Armstrong's a six-zero forward. So, 
Gallagher, Zaha, Edward, um, Gallagher for me. We've said this guy's risky. Is Livramento a lord yet? No, no, no. A 5.2 no, off yeah. the bench. Um, that's not close to the likes of Lundström and uh, Dallas before him and Wan-Bissaka before them and not even close. Gabriel in for Eiling. Gabriel could, yeah, of course, he, he's number one. Like He's keeping his place. Mari is not fucking starting ahead of Gabriel. I'd be getting Tommy Yasu a 4 not Gabriel of 5 million. Um, I'd even probably go Tierney ahead of Gabriel. Um, final question, and this is the last one we're going to answer before we go. What would you say is a bigger priority, getting rid of Torres or going from Bamford to Antonio? That, that's tough because you said actually wait and see on Torres, but if, if he was determined to sell one, I would be selling Torres. If he can play them both, I would just roll a transfer and have two the following week, but I'm a patient manager. If you can roll a transfer, I agree, try to roll a transfer, but if not, I'm aggressive, so I would sell Bamford for Antonio. Nice. Okay, so before we go... Um, I'm just going to say, guys, thank you to everyone who's come tonight. It's been incredible. Thank you. We're on 38 likes. That's more than the number of live viewers now, 31. So thank you for supporting us. Um, we have played the silence clip already of Tumbleweed. But one last time for Nick, for Trigger Lips, for anyone who doesn't know, one of the best managers of all time. In a five-year spell, his worst rank was 1,700 in the world and four top 1Ks. Um, so to see us out, I'm going to show the video of last Monday's show of what happened when Nick found out Gray scored. And I just want to announce next Monday's guest. So we're talking a lot about the Chelsea fixture swing. We have made sure we bring you guys at FPL Tips Harry, a Chelsea fan, to basically tell us what's the crack with Chelsea. So anyone who wants to know who the best free Chelsea assets don't take our word for it. Wait for FPL Tips Harry to come next Monday on the stream and ask him. In the meantime, it's been a pleasure, Gabe. Um, we'll chat backstage. But guys, enjoy this clip with Nick and look at what FPL does to all of us at the worst of times. That's Can't devastating. Next on top. LiveFPL.net is going to crash. Let's have a look. Oh, wow. The average and the safety score have gone way up. <laughs> Having Dissero out and then having that prick grey score, it's just like. <laughs> it's ruined my fucking day, though. <laughs> you know, you get. It's ten, ruined my all, day, too, to be fair. All, all 10 midfielders blank, don't they? And you just know that fucking grey's going to come along and fuck up your grey week. Game on Monday. Except all the pricks on Twitter who've all got him. That's the only people you were. 99% of people posting on Twitter tonight will have him. All, all the, the rest, card is all the rest will have turned off. Or game 